make a film. And that's it. He was a Corman guy writing. You know, one thing about just cranking this movie out in 11 days, you know, you have the writer on the set, probably. Yes. Oh, about 30,000 people in here. They must have spent some money. Where is it? There ain't no more money. Not a good actor. Under plans, it's a big attraction. Audrey Jr. Plant. Don't try to snow me, Jim. 30,000 squares didn't come in here just to look for a plant. I want it. I don't got no more money, honestly. <laughs> you know, I keep it in deep into the plant. That's right. That's right. Oh, he does. Four. No, I ain't got no more money, honest. All right, try it the other way around. Five, Five four, four, three. three. Okay! All right, all right, all right. Okay, big bad It's in the plant. Yes, in the giant oversized Venus flytrap. Inside the big leaf. That's right, inside. <laughs> So before uh, I said exploiting the actors, like indignant, but you're right. I only said that because you're always saying like, look how they make them hang upside down. It's cruelty. Right. But you're right, actually. I, that's the only reason I was saying that to like right. dispute you because of your mindset about it. But no. you're right. He shot this at the last second so we wouldn't have to pay people in the future. Oh, so it's ironic that it's like one of the biggest public domain movies in the world. Yeah, it's ironic that he shot it to break the... Then he never said fuck it. He never copyrighted it. Because he didn't copyright it, it became a big, big deal. And he gets known as the guy who birthed it. Right. Okay. Well, we, talking about, we talk about Corbin a lot. We watch Gas, another one of his films, but... He did. A, he directed a movie called *The Fast and the Furious* about car yes. racing, and that but was. But it's just the title. They bought it. They bought the title from him. Okay. Okay. You know, they they did pay Corman for for that title. So we saw *Munchies*, which he produced. He didn't direct both of them. Two of them. We saw. We saw three munchies. We saw all three munchies. Oh, that's terrible. That's right. We Howard saw Munch, Munchie, Munchie, and then Munchie too. We also saw Grem, not Grem, the Gremlin ripoff. Ghoulies. Ghoulies. Okay, but there was also one. There was Critters. We didn't watch we Critters. We didn't see that. Uh, we also saw, of course, Fantastic Four. Well, a notorious Corman film. I, you know what? I'm thinking of Munchie. I'm thinking of the Munchies. That yeah. So you're right. We saw all three. Corman made it like a a Gremlins R-rated comedy with with, and then turned it into a kids' film. And we watched all I, three of these films. Now the one with Dom DeLuise was hilarious. At least his voice. It would no. It, that's not fair. It was a terrible film, but we enjoyed it on our thing. I thought the Howard Nesman one was what? What am I saying? He's from KRP. Howard Hessman. Hessman. Right. It was Les Nesman, Howard Hessman. Howard Hessman. Oh, I can see right, that. Right, right. Yeah. Uh, I mean, we're watching Little Shop, but Munchies 2 was, was dire because the only returnable character was Munchie and the douchebag yeah. guy who tried to date the kid's dad in the last film. Right, but also the star of Munchies, the second one, was in the third one. Huh. In the beginning, in the beginning, and he was he was older. He was That's like. I remember. Right, 
and they were showing explosion scenes of the high school that was from another movie. All right. Is this the last of the mom? Um, no, we'll see her again. It was kind of a forgettable scene. She's just paranoid about Audrey getting married to Seymour and you promised to buy me an iron lung. Your lungs are fine, mom. And for now. So this is, remember I pointed out there was a dumb non-realistic thing about the hobo who got killed at the train station, right? Right, yeah. Here's the next one that doesn't make sense. The plant starts talking and he wants to hide from Audrey that the plant is, I don't know, sentient or, I don't know why he wants to hide that the plant eats people and so he pretends that it's him and that he's a ventriloquist so, so they're, they're about to kiss. kiss and then the plant says i was just kidding right. i'm hungry for sex for sex how did you say it yeah i'm hungry for sex you didn't even say that oh yes i did i said it i said it oh, i'm looking right at you uh, I'm a ventriloquist. What? Ventriloquist. Look at that. <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't know. I'm not sure. Stop all this nonsense and kiss me. I'm dying from hunger. All right. If you're so hungry, eat something. But forget about me. I'm sorry. Oh. I'll give me to eat. You can't control yourself. I'm going home. I need some chow. Some chow. Now, I don't understand why he wants to keep it a secret from her. Like, why wouldn't he tell her? Sure. At least the talking part. Yeah, listen, you know that plant we named after you? He eats people. He talks. Okay, maybe it makes sense why he wants to keep it a secret from her, because it's... A horrible, because then, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. It's basically, I'll tell you all the truth later. Then I'll talk to you. Good night, Seymour. So. Oh, no. Now he's mad at the plant. You're fucking up my love life, okay? I'm not feeding you anyone. I'm sick of you or whatever. Now, the third stupid thing, in my opinion, occurs in this film. He hypnotizes Seymour. And he does it in two seconds in an unbelievable way. Yeah, I don't. I bought everything about this movie until the plants hypnotizing. I all them high-class fertilizers and sat up all night with you when you were sick. Well, we're suspending this belief, so we're with the film. This one strays. Darn right they wouldn't. Well... I've helped you, and you've helped me. Now shut your trap and go to sleep. I'm tired. Damn. Now here comes the hypnotism. You are asleep. Close your eyes. Now this is the writer talking. Sure. He's got a lot of rage, gravelly and nondescript voice. Now you will do as I say. Do you follow me? Yes, master. That's it. That's it. It doesn't make sense. So now he's sending him out to find him food. I'm Carl laughing at someone else's joke. You're, I forget where it came from, but someone gets hypnotized. And he goes, yes, master. He goes, I'm not your master. I wish I could remember what that was from. 
Now this Ooh. all is Skid Row paid actors ten cents a piece to be in this. Watch. Oh, look at the bug. You, did you see the VW yeah. bug? Okay. Now this is Mel Wells' real life wife, and she's playing a prostitute. Now look, she does the old drop the hanky gag, and he sure. doesn't fall for it. So now this is her again. It's comedic. Mm. Now look at her. She'll wiggle her butt. <laughs> She'll try again. But she listen, in true Fishburgers fashion, uh -oh. she'll drop a banana peel. True Fishburgers. He's hitting the top. Whoa! Whoa. Whoa. I'm Lenora Klein. My name is Leonora Klein. <laughs> this movie does not quit. Right? It could just run out of space as time. You're like, let's get this prostitute in there. <laughs> well, the thing is, he's hypnotized, and she's obviously trying to solicit him for money. Yeah. Okay, watch this. You see his eyes blink? Yeah. I missed this gag every single time I watched it until yesterday, my last prep of this film. I finally caught that gag. It's clever. He's, he's blinking to the light. Right. He does not know how park benches work. I remember from my days in L.A., this park bench. Oh, it yeah. Was, <laughs> it was, oh, yes, it was the Bunker Hill Avenue overlooking the lights of 3rd Street. Oh, I remember. Oh, yeah, the lights of 3rd Street. So he... She's trying to solicit him. He is hypnotized, so he thinks that she's volunteering to get eaten. Oh, boy. Right. That's, that's now, it takes a while for it to fall into that, but it does. So he has to get her to the Skid Row florist? <laughs> yes. That's more like it. Kiss me. What's the matter? Would you like me? Who bony? You Nobody ever told me that before. Beef is better than veal. Ah, oh, you're such a dodo. What do you call this? Chopped liver? That's beef. Mm. <laughs> Master would like more fat. Speak for yourself, John. John? John? Seymour. How'd you know my name? Seymour. That's my name, too. Are you... Did you get that joke? Yes, finally, he did a Seymour joke. Do you volunteer? Sure, I do. All right, if you're sure you want to volunteer. I'll okay, so he goes, my, she goes, hey, John, like, you know, prostitute has a John. Prostitute, she goes, my yeah. name is Seymour. And she goes, my name is Seymour. And he goes, hey, that's my name. Oh, I thought it was like a Seymour ass or something like that. Right. Watch. Bonk. Bonk. Oh, no, Master's not going to like this. No, Master is going to like it. Master's going to eat. But she, she's bony. <laughs> yeah, I know. But she did volunteer. You're right. You're right. It won't Look be at that bad. view. God damn. What's it say, though? Skid Row Cemetery. Right. Depressing. Ah, the old Impressive. Pioneer Cafe. Impressing. Now, this is an interior. It just looks yeah. like an exterior. 
Mushnik. Please, he will have an award today. Nobody should come in for the award. I can't. Oh, are these the teenagers? Yeah. I tell you this business is now, always been being a conductor in a revolution. You see how mom is dressed? Yeah. That's an homage to her character in the radio show. She was like a flappers dancer. I love it. What a helicopter. I'll explain everything after the Cops are here! Why are cops are you here? Maybe there was something going on here this evening. Just thought we'd come by and keep an eye on things. Look, we don't need no eyes kept on nothing. The society is silent. <coughs> Our observers has arrived and sunset is almost upon us. Welcome, lady and gentlemen. We are honored for to have you. Still working on those This is it. This is the big plant unveil. Look here, young man. That's no way to talk at a time like this. Let me see your tongue. What you got? Just the facts, ma'am. Trench mouth. Just the facts, ma'am. Now, I think you educated me about trench mouth. Yeah, that's a World War One thing. Yeah, she goes, trench mouth. I had that in the big hot four, whatever that means. Well, I mean, it was, they built trenches in, in 1916, 17, 18, right, during World War One. So it was prior to that. Look, you suddenly see more. It's opening. Holy cow. Look. Oh, right. That's right. The faces of the, the victims. Right. Now, there's speculation that this was written, like, from a story by Arthur C. Clarke. And, like, they never say, like, none of the people who wrote this film ever talk about it. But there was this... um uh, it was, there's this story called Green Thoughts, and in it, the carnivorous plant, the faces of everyone showed up in the buds. So maybe it's true. There were three short stories this could have been based on, but the writer never admits that or talks about that. And that Clark story was written prior to the movie uh, in the 50s. Yeah. yeah. Um, it was 1956. So that's kind of close, right? It could have right. come out and he write them. It was called The Reluctant Orchid. In 1894, The Flowering of the Strange Orchid by H.G. Wells. And Green Thoughts, 1932. Where's he um, going? Okay, he's just running away because he thinks... Is, he's is that a subway station? Now, five cents a piece. Five cents a piece. We hired these kids to run out of the subway. Oh, Five right. Cents. Five cents. They didn't even get 10 cents like the adults? That's right. They did not get 10 cents like the adults. He exploited them! He exploited them! Quick, quick before it's 1960, run! Yeah, in 1960, you have to give them six cents apiece. <laughs> okay, so, like I told you before, they gave two bottles of scotch to the night watchman. He goes, go ahead, you can come in. Film all your shit. <clears throat> two bottles of scotch. Whoa, that's going to last that's me good. like a month. No, that's like one shit night shift right there. Yeah. What? No, you can't. Maybe you're right. Maybe you can yeah. drink a whole bottle of scotch in a night. And then have a little topper <laughs> with the second one. Okay, so... What this we're really going right now is just a chase, 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 in which Tire they think. They're, but the thing is, he's not a murderer, right? 
the he, one got hit by a train. The dentist was trying to kill him. Uh, he was hypnotized for the prostitute. He was hypnotized. I, mean, probably... was the... I guess he legit killed the dentist. I guess he legit, even though it was self-defense. Now, there's only one funny... Okay, you see how Mushnik's tired? Yeah. That's kind of a funny gag. But Mushnik will now do the second hilarious gag in a minute. All right, I'm ready. Look look at that sea of tires, man. I know. As I said, it's tiresome. (laughs) Very good, very good. The guy who invented tires thought of it one morning. He was just having donuts and coffee. Watch this. Trip him. But he gets away. But by... Whoa! <laughs> he tripped the cops. By a mistake. I don't know. I yeah. thought that was hilarious. I'm trying to figure out, like, the location. The location is... Oh, well. It probably doesn't exist now. Uh, I, I can't find it. Yeah. Okay. So he's hiding in the toilets, and now we're about to see, really, Mark Hamill. Mark Hamill will lift his head out of the toilets. Mushnik's like, forget it, you don't find him in the toilets. (laughs) Hey! You wouldn't find him here with the toilets. With the toilets. Now, why do they listen to him? They got a murderer. Yeah, they're cops. They're not, like, taking advice from a florist. Now watch Mark Hamill. Hey! Yeah, no, you're right. The same nose, the same eyes. And this movie has everything in the kitchen sink. Look at this colorization. It's gorgeous. Yeah, it is. This is why I picked this version. There are many choices. In 87, I think it was, they released a colorized version, and it wasn't as good. Now look, he's got the knife. He goes into the plant. He knows he's going to get eaten, I guess. Yeah. Now, he somehow killed the plant, but we really can't see it. Why would come mom on, come back here with Audrey? Corbin, spend some money on the finale. Does he look dead? He doesn't look dead to me. Better to give up, Judging. You wouldn't find him tonight. Look, door's open, Frank. Yeah. Uh, now is the plant dead it doesn't look very dead no I think the plant's still alive at the end honestly now there's Seymour's it is. Seymour I didn't mean it he spoke Ian or Ian. or Kronos plugged into the afterlife and I hate that I hate that Carl what's the think of this movie I enjoyed it I enjoyed it yeah, I love this. I love this movie. It's one of the reasons why I love Roger Corman. It's uh, definitely, like, just a lot of spirit. And, you know, I was talking crap. But the fact they made this movie so quickly and yeah. that the humor is so on point. It's really, he's a funny guy. Like, Corman, we watch Gas with a bunch of S's. Mm-hmm. He reminds me of, like, Hugh Hefner trying to do comedy. Sometimes he really <laughs> kind of he hits, right? He nails it. And then the other times it's like, yeah. But, well, he yeah, nailed it with Fantastic Four movie. It was cheap and horrible and terrible, and it was also great with a great ca- plot. I think Mushnik was hilarious in this film. 
I think Dick Miller was. I think there was lots of funny things in, about it. And um, it's, it's, it's so many funny it's, roles. Yeah. Right? The, the mom, uh, Nicholson, the, the dentist, they all kind of kill it. Yeah. Uh, it's good. So I, I'm going to share my screen because I want to play. Uh, we can't talk about Little Shop of Horrors without bringing up uh, these awful fucking ads. Okay. Now this was for the Broadway one. It must have been because they had a budget. It was, or was it off Broadway? It was off Broadway. I I always think it's Broadway, just because they would always, always play, uh, you know, commercials. All right, here we go. Little Shop of Horrors presents its audience. Kinky. I thought it was really amazing. Beautiful. It's a birthday present for my son. He's twelve. It spans the spectrum of all ages. We liked it so much that we brought our whole family this time. I liked it a whole lot. Little Shop of Horrors is the greatest play in the universe. It's better than Gremlins. Better than E.T. It's one of the most Whoa. Enjoyable plays I've seen in a very long time, and I have a great feeling about them. I really do. Call 239-6200 for tickets. Don't call that number. Okay, so better than Gremlins, better than E.T. Yeah, wow. One man's yeah. opinion. That's that's a big opinion, but that opinion haunted me for a lot Now, last once time. again, if this film was not in the public domain, it would have never became an off-Broadway play, and would have never became the movie... And would have never became the commercial, you know. Yeah. Oh, no, I hear you, man. And thank God they made the movie and the play so they were able to get that copyright, you know, make some money off of it. <laughs> uh, yeah. All right. Well, that's exciting. So uh, we already tipped our hat. Next week we'll be watching Corman's other quickie, Bucket of Blood. Bucket of Blood. Dick Miller. So we hope to see you next week. Check us out. We subscribe to our podcast, L-W-A-F-L-M-O-Y-T. Subscribe to us on YouTube, L-W-A-F-L-M-O-Y-T. Listen to us on mutinyradio.fm every Sunday, 2 p.m. As long as the station is running, we're there, baby. We love the station. Keep that station running. Go to the website, donate some money, share the love, and we'll see you guys. Thank you, Carl, so much. That was really great. You, you told me stuff I didn't even know. I really appreciate it. I love, it. I love watching that movie. Nailed it. We'll be back next week. Carl, see you guys later. Let's watch full-length movies on YouTube with Michael Spiegelman. Let's watch a full-length movie on YouTube with Mike Spiegelman. Let's watch a full-length movie on YouTube with Mike Spiegelman. Let's watch a full-length movie on Song, my turn ons are dancing in the dark, kissing on a lark, and peeing in the park. You should follow me on Twitter. It's jokes to Carl. That's the duh of Francais, not the duh of dumbass. But never mind that. Don't follow me now. Follow me later. I mean, for right now. Ah, let's watch a full length.
Welcome to L-W-A-F-L-M-O-Y-T. That stands for Let's Watch a Full-Length Movie on YouTube with Mike Spiegelman and Carl. Hi, Carl. Hi, Mike. Let's. I'm all for it. That's what I'm here for. Let's watch a full-length movie. After five years of, of, of doing these show every week on Mutiny Radio, I learned I can remember our podcast acronym by stressing the L. And that's the only way I remember the W, the A, the F, the L, the M, the O, the Y, the T. Right, right, right. I'm a super sharp shooter, super sharp shooter, shooter, super sharp. The S, the H, the L, the W, the A, the F, the L, the M, the super sharp shooter. I got to find that song, Carl. Do you know it? No, but clearly you do. Uh, Yeah, I do. I have a song in my heart. Welcome to Let's Watch a Full Length Movie on YouTube here on Mutiny Radio.fm, the internet radio direct from the Mission District of San Francisco. You yeah. can find it by typing in mutinyradio.fm and just hit listen now. And we are on every Sunday, 2 p.m. Pacific Standard Time, San Francisco Mission District Time, 5 p.m. Weird Jersey Time. I, I decided you live in Weird New Jersey. Yeah, well, you live in the Pacific Time, but I live in the specific time. Eastern uh, Time. It's weird, yeah. You know, what we're going to do is we're going to watch a full-length movie on YouTube, so you'll be watching the YouTube video, and you'll be listening to us as we stream on muniradio.fm, or you can listen to our podcast. It drops every Sunday, courtesy of Muni Radio, at uh, L-W-A-F-L-M-O-Y-T. Use that magic acronym. Subscribe to us on iTunes. and. You know what? Use that magic acronym on YouTube. We have a YouTube channel and we post the videos of the podcast and the movies are already synced up. So you can listen to us this way, whatever way. We would love for you to donate, please, some Mutiny Radio, please. (laughs) (laughs) I did that like desperate, please. You ever do that? Yeah. You're like, can you do your homework? Please, would you please? please? (laughs) (laughs) I did the homework, please. Uh, So you can donate please uh either by going to mutinyradio.fm and hit the link and it'll take you to patreon you could go to patreon and look for it there or go to venmo at mutiny radio throw in five bucks uh help us out we are uh we love it we we do it from your donations uh and other ways you know and there's live shows monday and fridays uh go to the website check out the details speaking of details carl what is the movie this week we are going to watch The Boneyard 1991. That's what you put in the YouTube search engine. Boneyard is one word. The Boneyard 1991. Okay, so I'm going to RedTube and I'm typing in The Boneyard. Red tube. Oh, you are a super shooter. A <laughs> super sharp shooter at The Boneyard. Super sharp. Uh, any more dick jokes before we start? Yes. <laughs> well, the channel, the channel we like is B Movie Archive Two. That's not a dick joke, but give me a couple minutes. B yeah. Movie Archive Two. You know that sounds like an interesting channel, uh, dick joke or not. I'm going to probably check it out and probably check out the B Movie Archive One, Three. All right, so go ahead. Type in the Boneyard 1990. Uh, find the link. 1991. So the war just the war just started. Uh, go ahead and uh, 1991, The Boneyard. And then uh, when you see the B-Movie Archive 2 mm-hmm. channel, click the link, hit pause, move the timer to zero, zero, zero. And when we say go, hit go and we'll watch the movie synced up. 
Now, we have a very special celebrity comedian to do our countdown for the movie. And let's find out a little bit more uh, about the celebrity comedian. Carl, take it away. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to Celebrity Comedian Countdown. This time with Jessica Miranda. Welcome, Jessica. Thank you. Thank you, Carl. It's great to be here. Now, we've been knowing each other a long time in the comedy community here in beautiful, sunny New Jersey. I even knew you, like, when you first started out. How long ago was that? Oh, it's it's about, it's three years, and I, I, I never know whether I should completely count the uh, the year that we were in lockdown, but I, it's been three, yes, it's three years. Yeah, so that is, I mean, if that's only three years, you've really come a long way. I mean, you're booked all the time. You were booked a lot in 2021, despite the pandemic. So, but the pandemic's put us on Zoom things. I know that you haven't done many Zoom shows, but we've been on Zooms together. You got Sharon Simon's virtual comedy club Zoom thing in the pandemic. But, I mean, what's different for you on Zoom than live that maybe keeps you away from Zoom? Okay, so, you know, I, I did Zoom uh, pretty regularly for uh, almost eight or nine months during mm. the lockdown, and I got very used to it. Uh, but it's almost, it has a feeling of like you're recording for television. Uh, you don't interact with anyone. You're looking at this tiny little circle on your laptop. Yeah. And um, so the, the feeling is very different uh, than when you're on stage. So I found that I was, uh, when I was coming off of Zoom and getting back onto stage, I, I I felt like I really couldn't go back and forth easily. I don't, a lot of people can do it. I see them uh -huh, doing uh -huh. it, but I couldn't. So I haven't done Zoom for almost nine months now. And then I just did my first little Zoom show recently and it felt good. It was good practice, you know, but I just, um, it's it's just hard for me to go back and forth. That's, yeah. Uh, that's, yeah. Yeah, because when you get on stage, it's a much different feeling than uh, being in the Zoom. You might be delivering setup punch, but it's not the same as being in the room. Of course, you must prefer being live just like me, right? Zoom is- Exactly. Yes, exactly. And I, and you know, it's funny because, but I, you, you mentioned that I, you know, get booked a lot and it's, I'm pretty new as a comedian. And I know yeah. that that's a lot surprising to a lot of people, but I think it was really the Zoom experience and meeting and networking with all the people that I met over the whole time on Zoom that got me booked in 2021. Um, yeah, you know, there. I would, <clears throat> go ahead. No, I was just going to say there are positives to this pandemic, even though they're just happenstance like that networking and stuff. So you were saying that some of your uh, meeting people, your contacts got you booked for, uh, for real. For real. I mean, I, you know, I started out with Daft Fan and Friends in the very beginning, which was great because I was meeting all these people from L.A. And um, yeah. and then when I, I, I decided, well, I was it was actually uh, brought up to me that I really should be um, working with more New York and New Jersey area comedians. So then I started to look for more Zoom shows in this area and I found Comedy Therapy with Jim Mandrinos. And I started to do their mics and their shows. Um, and uh, then I did a, a contest with with them with 64 comedians and I end up winning first place. And, <laughs> That's terrific. Yeah, it is. It was unbelievable. It was such an exciting time. And it was a month long competition. And I was just doing working at it every day because we were That's all just great. locked down. Yeah. So it was exciting. And in that time, 
I, you know, got exposure. Uh, Carol Montgomery ended up booking me live on Funny Women of a Certain Age from that. Um, and then from there, I got, you know, seen from a lot of other bookers. And, and just it's just been a great, uh, you know, path to doing lots and lots of comedy in great places. And Mendros also has that like comedy writing class I think you're involved with now. Yes. And it's funny because he gave it to me a couple of times, which is because I've been working with him for a while, doing live shows and Zoom shows and also running a mic for him. Mm -hmm. And um, I haven't been able to sit down and really focus for 30 days every day. It's a daily exercise. So um, this is my third time actually signing up for it. But uh -huh. this time I'm really I'm really committed to doing the work every day for 30 days. And so we're like on day eight now and uh, it's going very well. So and I'm actually taking it with my Sister. So we're doing uh -huh. it together. It's always fun to take stuff together. And so it's a, it's a lot of fun. Yeah, you're both comedians and there's a lot to learn from there. And one of the things about Zoom uh, that I found interesting, I mean, as you know, we are on Mutiny Radio right now. And that our show has been on Mutiny Radio for years and years and years. And you met our fearful leader, Pam Benjamin, not through Mutiny, but through these Zooms, right? Yes, yes. I met Pam Benjamin very early in the pandemic because I was put into a group of comedians from all over. I don't even know who put me in that group, mm. but I was in this group where we were just meeting up on Zoom every night for socializing and also going over new material and bits and just getting to know each other. And Pam was in there and I, you know, she was always like, you know, just such a friendly person and just, That's you know, her. just a fun person. Yeah. She's a great person to talk to. And I haven't spoken to her in a while, but I'm, I'm, I'm excited to, you know, remember and, and think about that time yeah. period. And she's an amazing cook. She's like a chef. She's amazing. <laughs> she does everything. I mean, she yes. keeps this place together and we love yeah. her. Bam, Benjamin. That's great. So one of the reasons you're busy and can't be like focusing all the time is because you've been a teacher for over 20 years and that puts you also in like Zoom situations, right? What's that been like? Yeah, teaching is, you know, it's been really amazing. Kids are resilient and the teachers are resilient. And I think everybody's had a great attitude, but it's it's been, it's had its challenges. Um, but I really also feel like, um, although I focus a lot on my teaching career, teaching has really uh, been, uh, you know, uh, kind of a, a, a platform for me to, to practice comedy my whole 20 something years, <laughs> because I've had this, yeah, I have a captive audience in my in my <laughs> palm of my hand. Like every every uh, five periods a day, I can tell the same story five different times and see which way. It <laughs> and so it, that's kind of my open mic. My open mic is my classroom. Yeah. So you've, you've you're you're doing the curriculum, but in between you get to say you know, and like you said, you can work on your joke as you yeah. go through the multiple classes. That's like uh, yeah. trying it out at five open mics. Yeah, exactly. A day, you know, and they love hearing my personal stories, you mm -hmm. know, if the ones that are fitting to, to them. And um, it's kind of interesting, especially about my kids and different things. And they relate to, you know, video game playing and whatever the case may be. But it's it's a it's a lot of fun. And I didn't even realize that I'm practicing all these years, you know. Yeah. For, uh, yeah. yeah, you've been a performer. The yeah. material just wasn't it was a little dry. But you've, right. um, okay, so how can people find you out there on the internet, a website, your social media? How do people get in touch, learn about yeah. your shows? 
Well, I have a website and it's um, Jessica Marie, I'm sorry, Jessica Miranda Comedian uh, dot com. That's my website. And then also on Facebook, I'm just Jessica Miranda. And on Instagram, I'm Jessica underscore Miranda underscore comedian. So you guys can find me on any of those places. Um, and uh, yeah, I hope you follow me and, and see the shows that I have going on soon. I guess Jessica Miranda Comedian dot com is like the first stop to see yeah. what's coming up for you, right? It's, yes, that's where I have all of my shows, uh, you know, um, current shows and future shows, my calendar's up there. And um, actually, my I'm really excited about my photo gallery because I'm just such a visual uh -huh. person. So if you ever check out my website, make sure you check out the photo gallery because I love those pictures <laughs> that I have up there. I think you're in a couple of them, Carl. You're in a few yeah. of them from the, from the Big Red Buzzer show. Oh, wow. The big red buzzer. Wow. We're going back then. Way that back. was a great night. You really killed that night and you didn't get yeah. buzzed, right? You didn't get gone. Yeah, I didn't get you buzzed. I, I, I actually came in second place that night. <laughs> That's crazy. Yeah. <laughs> I was sitting there in a, in a tuxedo judging you. Oh, yeah. oh well, I didn't <laughs> gone yet. Okay. So, Jessica, everyone at home is poised to watch this movie at the exact same second that we do. Okay, we've all got our fingers hovering over the play button. So why don't you go ahead, Jessica Miranda, and give us that celebrity comedian countdown. Okay, guys, get ready to watch your movie. Here we go. Three, two, one, go. No, that was great. Great comedian countdown. And now the boneyard. And now yes. to the boneyard. And now the boneyard. And Nelson, how many people are in this movie? Like three? Yeah. No, there was like five to seven. There's a Norman Fell. I yeah. caught that. Yeah. Easterman. And he's young. I wonder if I could do a Norman Fell impersonation. Mine's all visual. I'm sorry. Podcast. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I, you know, I just want to say I'm already mad at this movie. I mean, what a waste of your opening. Here we have an opening, and we're going to see black and right. the credits. And we hear creepy music. We hear scary music. A that, movie's allowed to do that. Of course. All movies are. But you're wasting a very important part of your movie. What is the atmosphere, the mood, the setting? Set us well, up. You, you can know, take I disagree. I just, you know, if it's best, I love movies that just show me the title and start the movie. Yeah. And then at the end, do the end credits. But if not, do all the proper credits. Don't give me a, uh, any tip of what it is. And then, you know, James Cumming, bring it on. Because okay. this is the image. Now yeah. it begins. He's entering the door. Yeah. 20. Is this 420? I don't no, it's think four, so. It's 42. Yes. Yeah. Oh, is it 42? Uh, yeah. No, it's 43. Sorry. <laughs> that's even worse it's that's even worse <laughs> that's a misdemeanor well, look at his rabbit's foot wonder what that means there's a rabbit walking around hating that dude uh, <laughs> hobbling limping yeah limping. Uh, damn mail and leaves I can't tell them apart they're all uh, junk mail for leave uh, raking services. Leave, yeah, remove. <laughs> leave removal. Autumn serve. Uh, autumn cleanup. Fall cleanup. Right. Services. We clean up vo rogue vine. This is North Carolina. That's why we're seeing these like vines and. Oh, yeah, the ivy's everywhere. Oh, yeah. Eddie Munster. <laughs> he looks like a Pez dispenser. No, he's like James Vanderbrook. 
This guy's name is David Crusoe. I wonder why. Well, he has to be one of the five. His name is James Oosterman, and he's being. Yes. He, I don't know. He, the 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 director wrote this with this guy in mind. He was once he was in Species Space Invaders, uh, and he was on a TV movie called Cast a Deadly Spell as a Werewolf. But more than that, he's like, he's a prop and model maker. He worked on Dinner for Schmucks, like fix, doing those mice. Yeah, because I thought I saw his credit elsewhere, but um, what was an early credit you mentioned? Because I think I know what it is. Well, there's Species, and there's Spaced Invaders. Oh, so is it Spaced Invaders yeah. with a D? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that is like a wacky comedy, and I might have have De- uh, Randy Quaid in that. <laughs> Interesting. Yeah. It's one of those movies I used to see the video, the DVD box, you know. All right. Now, what the director's doing here is he's faking out you that we've started our movie and we're entering some creepy, spooky, ghosty house or something, you know? It's a creepy, spooky, ghosty house? (laughs) Well, I don't know. You have to listen. Turn the music on for a minute. Turn the sound. All right. Yes, sir. It sounds like one of those industrial... Oh, no, here comes the helicopter. It's going to ruin the uh, sound. <laughs> Sounds like a helicopter. I'm in the, uh, a lot of helicopters here in the Mission District. We can't hear it. Wait, there Oh, good. It's louder, that- than the, it's louder than the audio, so. Why is that good? <laughs> a lot of helicopters. Helicopters, as we say in Oakland. So anyway, you're noticing the creepy music, right? You know what? I think I have it on mute. No, I do. It sounds like those cassettes of industrial drone that I used to get in the mail. So you that's know, like what the director's CF. doing. He's like trying to trick us that the movie started. And really, it's just going to pay off in a joke. The woman they're going there to see is sleeping in bed, you know, and she's covered up with a lot of blankets. Oh, so there's nothing haunting. There's no conjuring needed in this house. Right. So so the director's doing something a little clever. Now, this director, he never directed Hollywood movies. He did three B movies. But for Hollywood, he would do, like, special effects of makeup. And right. he was one of those guys who would sculpt, like, he sculpted the face studies for enemy mine and like for cocoon and jaws 3d and he was a sculptor kind of (laughs) guy well i mean he worked enough in in films you know he he probably wanted to direct yeah okay so this is where she's going to pop up yeah (laughs) and it's it's a payoff and it's only slightly funny uh it's really not strong enough. Are they going to get it on? Is, is this the boning yard yet? No, they're not going to get it on. This woman is uh, very fat. So? I paid one good money. I'll watch. Okay. Well, yeah, I paid. All right. 
Forget it. I'm going back to Red Tube. Okay, they are uh, they are going to bone her. Uh, you just got to wait a little bit into the film right. to let you know. Oh, so this is the monster. Yeah, with a pillow fight. Now, look, the director's got him dra- going for his gun, right? Yeah, We're still not breaking that this is a She knocked monster. him down the staircase. Right. You know, I know in movies you don't get hurt, but that two staircases. You get fucked up at that point. <laughs> not all of us are stuntmen. Look at this, this arty direction. Up there is the monster. Boom. Slowly I descend step by step. Uh-oh. I still can't tell. She's pixelated. Oh, there she is. Oh, so that's it. So now we start. Gladys. <laughs> she's the hero. That's cool. She, yeah, she's the hero. And she's like, you know, privacy. I mean, what are you guys doing? You're walking into my house. I'm sleeping. A lot of people sleep. Do they know each other? Yeah, they've worked on past cases. She's like a psychic lady. Well, she, not, not when she's uh, off the clock, apparently. <laughs> well, she's had enough, you see. Uh, when she has her psychic experiences, she like undergoes the emotions that that involves. Seeing creepy, disgusting things, seeing murders. So she's like a, a extra medium. Yeah. Yeah. She's one of those help the cops with the psychic ladies. But then will there be a cop that go, I don't like you talking to her? No, there won't. I know why you said that. That is, I know that movie. Which movie is that? Where, oh, wait, there's like a cop calls a psychic and there's, it's like every movie. The chief goes, I don't believe in this. If the mayor's office didn't order me to do this. Right, right, right. The mayor's office. (laughs) But if I hear one word about the mayor's office. (laughs) Where did you, how? 16 police cruisers. We only have. 13 police cruisers where did you find that you're talking about my bit where laundry <laughs> basket of justice where yeah. laundry basket gets called in by where the did you get the three other police cruisers uh-huh uh-huh really twice in the chest <laughs> no i didn't know mary lou henner dated tony danza on the set of taxi <laughs> Of course I'm familiar with Gary Busey's chili. All right, <laughs> Detective Laundry Basket. Yeah, along those if lines. If you do another laundry-related pun, I'm going to bring you out and hang you up to dry. <laughs> laundry Basket! Now get out of here before I get depressed and steam. <laughs> laundry Basket! Yeah, he hated those. The chief really hated those laundry uh, basket, laundry-related puns. <laughs> yeah you know i never thought of that was my my partner at laundry basket who uh <coughs> was mute the whole time but you know uh i don't i could, couldn't think of another routine i can never top that one i did another bit where they're on a stakeout uh-huh. and it's laundry is detective laundry baskets partner you know what yeah, your problem is detective and a writer for you i would have loved to help we, with that. we would you know anytime you need detective laundry basket to do a uh a cameo or a cross uh-huh. uh for waterman 
That sounds perfect. Yeah, I would love it. I would love a cameo. <laughs> An appearance. So you're in a different. We'd have to be visiting the city or something, and we right? Could, yeah, of course. Interagency cooperation. And that way we could have the uh, laundry basket zones sergeant yell at him. Or, yeah. You know, yeah. You could be maybe the state troopers. I should just tell you, the reason I'm not talking is this is just going on and on and on. All they're doing is she's saying, I don't want this anymore, Jersey. That's his name, Jersey. And then he's saying, um, then he he's saying, you know, people need you. You're helping people. Uh, he, he's kind of trying to spin it to don't be selfish, even though he never goes that far. Um, can you dig it? Yeah. But it goes on and on and on. It's really a B-movie here. Well, you mean they're padding out the time or they're just letting the actors act? Uh, good question. I think it's just bad writing. Bad writing. The, the, yeah, because choice. it is repeating. I think they're going script line by line here. I don't think they were trying to like say, like, okay, our ending rent short. Let's stretch it in the. It just right. doesn't seem. Well, now, no, her no, name no. is Allie Oates, and she was in Troop Beverly Hills. She was in Ski Patrol, and she was in Fugitive Lovers in 1975. And that's it. Huh. Well, Fugitive Lovers sounds like a great movie. <laughs> yeah. And Are they I, like fans of the TV show? It sounds like a candidate for um, uh, being on YouTube. Oh, right. Hi, welcome. It's our new podcast, Carl and Mike with Fugitive Love. <laughs> the 1960s original. We were watching the, the Tim Daly. You know, there was a version like from 10 years ago or no, 20 uh -huh. years ago. They remade The Fugitive with Tim Daly. So they've, they're constantly, you know, that idea is out there for The Fugitive Lover. Tim Daly? Should I know I his so. face? Okay. Gotcha. Yeah. That's interesting. I guess. I said it though. <laughs> oh, damn! Sigh. Tim, you know, every time I, I get, I deep. You know, every time I'm in that state, I put my, I rest my head against the window, and then you say "sig." I say "sig." Yeah, when we were uh, kids, we would read Charlie Brown, and we read that as "sig." Oh, S I G H. The right. H is silent. Right. <laughs> we were in third grade or whatever. Yeah, you'd <laughs> be like "sig." Ah, oh, sig. Okay, so they have gone away and said, fine, you want to be left alone? Goodbye. And now she's sitting there like, oh, woe is me. I've, you know, she quit her job at the library. She was like the school librarian or some bullshit. And How many people? Is it a small town, right? Or like Yes. Yes. This was shot, well, it doesn't really talk about where the town is, but this was shot in North Carolina, essentially. It was, um, where is it? Well, it's not jumping out in, in front of me right now, but our star uh, lived in Greensboro, North Carolina. So maybe that's why they chose this place to shoot. Here it is, right. Statesville and Asheville, North Carolina, which are kind of off the beaten path. Not known for its film industry. Yeah. Now, this what else was, was shot there, like? Uh, Mason Dixie Car Wash, <laughs> yeah. County Car Wash. It was 
Come on down to Bob's Discount, Kill Me a Yankee Car Used <laughs> Autos, where I, if you don't get a deal, I'll kill me a Yankee. To feature in 2000 Maniacs, yeah, to over hundreds of Maniacs. Now she's having a vision. Okay. Yeah. Do you think the vision, all right, in her house? Yeah. Like where what she, she sleeps? Well, she's sort of sitting there in that chair sleeping right now, but we don't really know because we're with her the whole time. Now, now she's having a vision. And when the vision ends, she'll be back there in that seat. So do these steps count for the day? Or if you walk in a vision, do you count those steps? <laughs> it depends. I mean, if it's on your Fitbit, if it's on your iPhone, then you, you know. I'm going to get those 5K daily. You physically did it if it's on your iPhone. Oh, it's oh. the troll from Troll. There's the, the sound of uh, a crying baby outside. It looks like a hand is holding that. No, it's just. The right. Door. It does look like a hand. Oh, some doors require a lot of hand holding. Oh, like who? Roy Orbison? No, I fuck. I fucked that joke up for you. God damn it. Jim Morrison. Oh, how pretty. Ah, Ah, that's so scary. Ah. I'm coming towards you. Get away, puppeteer. Towards you. Scary marinette. Go away. I want to be an actress. Look at those bones. I a lot of weight for this part. Okay, look. Hugging. Not attacking. Hugging. You know, if your movie's called The Boneyard, you should get some more realistic skeleton bones. (laughs) It looks like a marionette. I I haven't seen the hugging yet. What do you know what a skeleton looks like? Oh, I've seen plenty of skeletons, Carl. I don't need to. She's hugging like mommy or something. But we'll never have this followed up in the film. It's it, like you would think with this, that would mean at the end of the film, when she's going to eat everybody, she'd say, give me a hug or something, right? Wait, when she what, everybody? She eats everybody? Yeah, like when the, you know, they're attacking and stuff. Oh, I see. Like to end the, the crisis and save our movie, she shows a little love, right? Right, but, yeah. Oh, I- he didn't do that. Now look at her. She woke up. She's all freaked out. So she's going to be rash and impulsive and burn all her collection. Yeah, I, dude, I would not light a fire in that house. <laughs> you gonna? If I was her roommate, I'd be like, "Oh Jesus Christ! You got to stay off that shit." Yeah. Now, in December 1989, a botched special effect did did cause a fire on the set. Really? Yeah. Oh, so I, I'm sorry. I'm kidding. I hope everyone was okay. No, they weren't okay. And shame on you, Michael. Terrible, Wait, terrible. I, I was just saying, I didn't... But it is very funny. I I see your sense of humor, Mark. Very, Mike, very dark. <clears throat> oh, did you call me Mike Marin? Yes. Now, they did uh, $850,000 they spent on this thing. It went straight to, DVD, to VHS. So I really don't know how they did. Like, this is really interesting. The VHS rental box, it was two boxes. One was promoting it as a horror film and the other one as a comedy. Um, And there's a poodle on the box. You'll meet the poodle later. The comedy box slips right over the horror box. So that's kind of neat. That's really strange. I never heard of that before. Yeah. 
You know, I I have a, my only film book right now is my psychotronic video guide, and he likes this movie a lot. Uh -huh. He said it was a good movie, which normally he doesn't have to. <clears throat> you know, when oh. you when you review hundreds of movies like this, you don't have to say it's good. You just tell it what it is, and people right. watch it. You know. And he went out of his way. Out of his it way. It was good to emphasize that it was good. Yeah. That's good. Now, she had her vision. Okay. Um, Ashley. And therefore, she's come down to the station saying, okay, I just had a vision. I'll help you. And now they're seeing an interview of the mortician. This mortician, right? He captured children kept them locked up, fed them food from the corpses that he was trafficking through there, you know? He would uh -huh. take it off their back so he could still embalm the body and make it look pretty. And then he would feed, yeah. And so he made them into demons, okay? And, uh -huh. uh, yeah, so that's the backstory. But meanwhile, and, the guy behind her is like bored out of his mind. He's been looking at his watch during his confession. Yeah, there is not yet uh, a reason for him to be compelled. Uh, he's on, he's, it's, it's a job. He's nine to five and he's on the case. Whatever you say, boss, Peyton Place guy is the boss. Oh, wow. Jersey. His name's Jersey. Do you like that idea he's called Jersey? Uh, I don't know what it means. He's a North Carolina person. Like, do they not mean New Jersey? It's just like, you know, yeah, like well, a jacket, a, a name. He's old, so maybe it's old Jersey. <laughs> New now, Jersey is 1684. It's not exactly oh, all right. So he was 1621. <laughs> this guy did sculpting for Enemy Mind, The Thing. In 1982, Cocoon, wow. Jaws 3D, Star Trek for the Voyage Home. He's our only connection. Elvira, Mistress of the Dark, 1988. Yeah. He, he's been in every movie I watched in the, in the last 40 years. Heartbeats. Never saw Heartbeats. Have you seen that? Uh, no, I avoided it because it just looks so stupid. It's about it's computers and robots and stuff. Yeah, but it's Andy Kaufman's movie, and it's impossible to watch. Fine. It's impossible to find. That's well, I'm not gonna, you're going to type it in YouTube? God bless you if it pops up. <laughs> Should I check out Heartbeats? I haven't seen Yeah, you know, my brother remembers seeing it as a kid, and he still quotes it. But, yeah, it's a ridiculous movie. And, uh, uh, I would like see Eddie it just because. Well, I mean, Andy Kaufman made a movie where he's a robot. Okay. With, with Madeline Connor, Bernadette Peters, I forgot who the other robot was. So, I don't know. Sounds like crap. So now they're like, she like wants to go down to the morgue where the corpses are, and she wants to get an object, and that will help her have vision. And no, you see, she's got an earring there. See the earring? Yes. Yeah, that's the signal. I'm a chick. You can, I, I wore earrings. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a girl. That looks like a chick. You don't think so? I think she looks like a chick. Yeah. I think she should grow her hair out a little. <laughs> so what about the children? Wearing a hat. I'm sorry. I want to know the status of the children. Are they okay? Which children? 
the one the mortician was talking about. No, they're dead. They're Listen, dead. I had a morgue. They're dead and in the morgue. I knew that he was feeding the corpses to the children. Yes. And that killed them? Uh, no, he eventually killed them. Oh. All right. And this is revealed in the first 10 minutes of this movie? Is, does this movie get even more grotesque? Uh, this movie will be hideous and horrible, and I hate it. Uh, we're 22 minutes in, and let's uh, <laughs> eat your point. <laughs> This is like a full-on horror movie? It's not full-on because there's comedy in it. It's not a very funny movie. It's not a good movie. Now, your movie review guy knows better than me. I'm not joking because that's his job. I'm going to find it. I'm going to pull it right now from the, the bookcase, okay? If I may? Sure. I'm going to go over to the uh, studio bookcase. Okay, get a good look at this building because you won't see the outside again until the very last second of the movie. Uh, okay, psychotronic video guide. Look, see? Look. It's a house. Well, it's, it's the morgue, but you're not going to see the outside of it again until the very last frame. Oh, so we're going to be stuck in the morgue for the rest yeah. of this movie? We are walking into our movie. 25 minutes in. Well, you know, I always feel like 25 minutes into the movie, it's the poster, as you say. Right, act two. Yeah. But you, well, that's you, fair. That's fair. That's really very movie-esque of this then. Yeah. You know, you're allowed that time to let the characters breathe a bit so people know what, who they are. Now, you can see it's happy Thanksgiving time. It's November. And they really did shoot. Let's see here. I think it's just because, yeah, that's, they started shooting, they shot for five weeks, they started November 13th through December 20th. So wherever they're shooting here, whatever location they were able to get, because it's no studio, it's like an old lady home or something, a nursing home or something. Right. It had a happy Thanksgiving up when they were working there during the day. Oh, there's Phyllis Stiller. Yeah, no wig. The director insisted she not wear a wig. Why not? Because she's she's not Phyllis Diller, she's the creepy mortician. Although I'm sure she talks exactly like Phyllis Diller. Can give you believe this thing? Give her a list. Ah, all right, here we go. Ah ha ha ha! You know my husband Fang. Oh yeah, that was her husband's name in her act. She used to say, "My my husband Fang is permanent. My husbands in real life, they were temporary." <laughs> all right, here we go. All right, that sounds like Phyllis Diller, San Francisco's legendary comedian. Yeah, San Francisco's. That's where she got her break. She she used to live, I don't know, the Midwest or something, and she would make all of her neighbors laugh. She'd make the other mothers laugh. She'd do stuff at the PTA. Like, she had a natural affinity for making people laugh, and she loved the attention. But, you know, that's all it ever was, you know. Then uh, she had a great act, though. Then she moved to San Francisco because of her husband's job, and she got a. She was a secretary at a television show, and she got it together to put on a nightclub act. And the the people who did the show went and saw it. They loved it, and they gave her a spot on there. You know, and that's how she began on TV. You know, by 
the next thing she knows, she was all over TV and she got this affin. She got connected with Bob Hope uh, somehow doing the USO shows, going to Nam with them. Yeah. All right, I found the. Here we go. This is from uh, Michael J. Weldon. He wrote, uh, he had a great magazine called Psychotronic Video, uh, where it was interviews and movie reviews. And I have his old video guide, The Boneyard. Here's a film with a difference. It's suspenseful, serious, and surprising, but has some unexpected laughs too. The scary, slimy, mummy-like little cannibal zombies in an old city morgue are Asian-like uh, Kiyoshi kids with tails. I completely mispronounced that. Star Deborah Rose plays a reluctant psychic heroine who happens to weigh about 300 pounds. Former Corman uh, regular Ed Nelson, the Brain Eaters, is a patient cop called Jersey. Phyllis Stiller, without a wig, is a mean, nasty old woman who runs the morgue. And Norman Fell, and in parentheses he has an exclamation point, with a ponytail and earring, is a mortician. You won't believe the Big Daddy-like, uh, Big Daddy Roth-like monster Diller becomes or the giant poodle monster, two exclamation points. <laughs> Cummings also did FX, filmed in Statesville and Asheville, North Carolina. Yeah. Wait, what he said it's good. He said it's good? Yeah, he said it's serious and funny, and the, and the film is different, you know. Gotcha. But, I mean, I'm sure, like, zombie poodles is like a walk in the park for this guy. <laughs> Well, I'm mad at this film for a bunch of reasons. One of them is the way that you see Norman Fell. He does have this big, like, mustache. That's him there. He's oh, I see. behind. If I was this director, I'd be like, hey, Mr. Roper, roll him, right? Can you get a sweater vest, please? I would want Mr. Roper. You'd be playing music. Boo, 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 doo, <laughs> doo, 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 doo. I know the themes to the Ropers. Oh, that was their 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 spinoff show. Yeah, so Mister oh. and Missus Roper left Three's Company to do their own show, where they go into a condo or something with a couple that included uh, Jeffrey Tambor. And Don Knox showed up on the. That's right. Don Knox became the new landlord for Jeff which Trimble. worked. It really worked. No one ever. Fell out of love with Mr. Roper, though. No, I mean, Mr. Roper, I mean, for what the show was, he was always still, like... You see um, the three bodies, right? Uh-huh. Yeah, they're fucking undead, my man. Are they at least of age? Are they children? Yes. Shut up. They are undead children, yes. Oh, this movie really... What? What? <laughs> It's creepy, right? I mean, so if they were undead have, adults, that's cool. But I didn't. But children, I'm at, I didn't. Listen, I'm one of those assassins, and there was never anything about children. But Take the is, shot, Carl. Take the shot. What I is, never said there'd be children involved. <laughs> oh, is that uh, Scarface? Yeah, it's Scar right, Scarface. Oh, yeah. He's driving around the UN like. Uh, oh, you got it's children. Hey, you know, uh, don't do it. Fuck you, man! Bang, bang, bang! <laughs> right, and then suddenly he's not a cool criminal anymore. I told you not to fuck with me, you monkey. You want to go to war? I'm not <laughs> right. Well, I mean, like he was going to be like sitting on the uh, 
the, the star chamber we of evil. Here, Mike, I'm sorry. Look how long we dwelled in that one spot going talky, 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 talky. This movie was horribly written. Well, don't you think that that's the payoff is that, you know, we go in, we we're one room, we're not even in the mortuary. We see it detached through the, uh, as viewers, we see it again through a television set, but I'm sure at the end we'll be stuck that the characters will be stuck in there. I don't know. Could be well-crafted. <laughs> who am I to say? I, well, you're a guy who didn't watch the film, listen to the uh, sound and be going, oh my God, when is this scene going to end? Uh, you know there is a feature on youtube how's the wife and stuff like that you never change the speed huh when you watch the youtube videos (laughs) 1.5 yeah i think the whole mortuary is filled with zombies boodles oh no here comes phil stiller at 1.5 speed (laughs) (laughs) Uh uh-huh stiller you know, one of my favorite Bob Hope Phyllis Stiller's movie, I think it's which one, oh, is, uh, boy, I have the wrong number, or, uh, and boy, I have the wrong number. And there's one point where this they uh, girl passes out on sleeping pills, and Phyllis Stiller says, well, you know, if a girl has sleeping pills, she must have pep pills. And sure <laughs> enough, they find pep pills on her. <laughs> I guess back then, uh, we would carry sleeping pills and pep pills with each other. I guess. Salt and pepper. I okay, so now, Mr. Anything I Say You Disagree With, go ahead and really turn up the sound and listen to this horrible backstory exposition. Are you listening? Turn it up. It is up. I got it up. This guy makes uh, Peter Falk look like a uh, piece of wood. All right, tell me what he's saying. Repeat it back to me. Go ahead. He said, oh, hang on. Hey, you got the, and the, and the, my finger goes this way. I don't know what he's saying. He's picking his nose. Look, I'm telling you, this movie was horribly written. You don't need to dis- disagree with me. No, I don't know. I think what they were doing is establishing you're outside of the morgue, and then you're seeing what Some, Sometimes be- movies are poorly <laughs> written, but if it's written and directed by someone, it's sometimes the vision comes through, right? I mean, is he successful despite of himself? Um, well, he did three B movies. He did Harbinger in 96. He did... Grant, uh, he did Dark 30 in 93 and he did The Boneyard in 91. Um, that the rest of it was the sculpting and he did special effects makeup for episodes of The Twilight Zone and The Hitchhiker in uh 85 and 83. Oh, so the Twilight Zone from the 80s. I actually watched a bunch of those, yeah. So, I mean, he had a career in movies, he was just always on the creative. Uh, you know, like it's pre-production. What are these things going to look like? Let's employ some sculptors to help us out. <laughs> and then he went on on his own to uh, direct movies. Now he's got $850,000 budget. He's got Phyllis Stiller. He's got the guy who used to be on Peyton Place, right? He, right. He's got uh, I, I think Norman. we're at, <laughs> Norman. Oh yeah, and then he's got Norman Fell. So, so he's not a slouch. He made a movie. Okay, right. so 
one of the elevators is out, so he must bring the body through the lobby. Well, Phyllis Diller will have none of that. That is against regulation. What, because it's sanitary? Yeah. Well, it's okay to have a dog in a mortuary? Yeah. Wouldn't the dog, like, eat the body? Yes, and later we're going to have a little (laughs) bit of zombie licking I don't like these mortuary. Uh, these morticians suck in this movie. Yeah. They're either like feeding dead bodies to children, or uh, no, I don't know what's worse. Out of the the director wanted us to see that a screw fell out of the uh, the gurney. Okay, so when they I get to the elevator, it will collapse, and that's supposed to explain it for you. Oh well, he's a good director then, Carl. Uh, no. No, no, he's not. Like (laughs) when he gets on to the gurney, uh, onto the elevator. At least the first time I saw this movie, I did not understand why the gurney was collapsing. I did the second time I saw it. Okay, plus the gurney collapsing provides some growth stuff, but nothing else. It doesn't pay off. So that's a relief. Why do it? That's a relief, right? We're sick of the growth stuff in this movie. Like is what yeah, what a good stuff. director. He gave us relief. We're sick of the gross stuff in this movie. <laughs> and that's why I was fired from Disney. <laughs> so now Peyton Place guy is laying down the law, Jersey. This is what we're doing. This is an emergency corridor. So and so to get it big. He like he somehow becomes the boss. Even though he's just some cop who's gone there to see a bo- see bodies. You mean he's like a loud, obnoxious guy, pushy, and his name is what? He's a pushy, loud guy. Does he tailgate people? <laughs> Jersey? Jersey. Uh, his name is Jersey Callium, and I get your joke. Uh, I think that's a good joke. I'm going to write that the first joke of this show. They okay. call him Jersey because he tailgates everyone. <laughs> uh, he did a lot of B-movie stunt work for Roger Corman. 56 movie in 57 you know like swamp women attack of the crab monsters rock all yeah. night in 57 carnival rock it carnival goes rock. About eight to ten of them yeah that's like if i can't afford a carnival or a rock show i'd be like this is great thank you corman <laughs> two and yeah. one i went once to great adventure and saw the beach boys perform that was a carnival rock uh who was in the band do you remember can i ask you uh, well, it was the crazy one. Um, Brian or Dennis? Yeah. Uh, I don't know. And he was telling all about the different phases. Of, you know, first we wrote about surfing, then we wrote about cars, then we wrote about girls. <laughs> was it good? Do you, was it a good concert? Would you put it up there? Uh, it was like my first concert ever. Like I was a little kid. I don't even count it as a concert. Or maybe it was like I had been to concerts and I this was my third one. Like it was a big deal to me back in the day to go see concerts because it's something grown-ups did, like something right. big kids did. So I, I I counted it for a while. And then after I had seen like 20 concerts, I said, that doesn't count, you little child. You know. <laughs> We're done. But then you started performing and you made Force people to watch concerts. I forced them. Yeah, me and Solnick <laughs> and Kanichi. We played the French club dinner, and everyone had to listen to it. Do you remember uh, Rock Against Dinos? 
Yes. <laughs> in New Jersey, there was it's still around, and we actually we went there when we were in New Jersey, and I had just one taste of your pizza, and it brought me back. It still had the great taste. Mr. Dino's had some notoriety, and so yes, yeah. he kicked that Paul and Kenichi. So they they decided to have Rock against Dino's, right? They put the a protest outside on the sidewalk with their drum kit and guitar. Yeah, that was great. They made a poster. I remember that. Yes. <laughs> come to, come out to Rock Against Dino. <laughs> That's so great, man. And what else? Of course you're going. Of course you're going. You're a freshman. Of course. Yeah. I didn't go even though it was like a block from my house. Yeah, it was. Yeah. <clears throat> Okay, now she's got an object, and she's going to have one of her visions. Now, where's Norman Fell? Uh, he fell. He's hiding behind glasses and a mustache. Here he is in the front right. You That's can't Norman Fell? Ponytail. Wow, look at him stretching. <laughs> oh, he doesn't want people to know he, was, he just did Transylvania. I saw it. He's, still, he's undead alive. She hasn't noticed, like no psychic. Oh, here comes a vision. Yep, she's starting to have her vision. What she does is she gets a vibrator and she begins to use it, and then she starts to have a vision. Look, she's doing it right now. Oh, there's a. The... <laughs> <laughs> you know, don't kiss it. Ouch! You cut. You uh... cut my hand to get blood. And I felt it in the real world. Acting. I am a stereotype. Yeah, what's where are they? Movie trope. Uh, who knows? Vision goes. I mean, Maybe are they in the woods? Are they in China? I guess, but somehow. Okay. When the the mortician was giving an interview, he said that his family was tied to help the demons come to life, like. There was a curse on their family. And I guess we're seeing a historic. She's having a vision of history when it, I don't know, happened in the 1200s. What do I know? Right. Well, it takes place, uh, I don't know, maybe down the street. Can you guys be quiet? I'm trying to get a psychic premonition. Oh, there we go. Whoa. Uh, Wait a minute. She's not in that little lunchroom with holiday you're right she's in the morgue morgue this is where they keep the body right now she can see coming through the door norman fell hayden place guy is she having like does she like remove herself what's it called when you can be in another project yeah like dr strange did or something well we don't see her float around uh-huh. Is there Tilden Sweden around? Sweden? No? From Dr. Strange? I'll explain my jokes. Okay. I think <sighs> that she could astroplane if she would do like a, like a Zeppelin, like do helium. And then <laughs> float, over, float over? Yeah. Uh-oh. Someone's not doing your... They're supposed <laughs> to be dead. You had one job. <laughs> The Goodyear Psychic. Oh, bed sheets. Comfy. Ah, uh, he's just Morning stretching, breath. waking up. Look at that boner they got when they wake up. It's, yeah, they call it, I woke up with wood. 
At 55, you do not wake up with wood. <laughs> what if you were a zombie? Maybe that'll change it. <laughs> if sometimes, right? Yeah. Sometimes, if you didn't go pee, you really have to pee, and then you think you've got morning wood, but you didn't. You oh, just, it disappears the moment you pee. You just, yeah, it's like it's deflating, like the pee was in it, and it, it, <laughs> you pee it out. It goes. Bleh, bleh, bleh. My my favorite is when it hits you and you wake up and like you know you like wake up at three or whatever and then suddenly you get morning wood and you're like I'm the greatest I still got it <laughs> holy shit oh is that Jeremy Piven way to no, go no it looks like him right that's Jeremy Piven there we get a first I can't I don't I like do Norman not Fell. he does not look like Norman Fell I gotta maybe I'll raise the volume see if he sounds like Norman Fell they so. wasted their actor here. No, these are comedic actors in a horror movie. It's perfectly apt to have them do something different. You know? Um, okay, so you got a B-movie. It's going straight to video. If you want to help sell it, show me Mr. Roper. Show me Phyllis Diller. I want to see her wig on. You see what I'm saying? And what about yeah. this Peyton Place guy? Like, why cast him? Like, do we really know him? I mean... Well, I mean, they probably got the actors they can get the actors for, and maybe they for you, Mike, role. you might like him from Police Academy Three. Yeah, I'm familiar with his work. Oh, you are. I never seen Pain in Place. I never read the book. I never seen the movie. I never seen the TV show. He was in the movie Airport Seventy Five, and he was in the movie For the Love of Benji. Right. That's when they kill cats and sacrifice them. Right. For the love of For Benji. the love of Benji. <laughs> okay, this is really great. I want you to turn up the sound when it's time. Okay, look, Mike, be ready. Be ready because it's one of the only funny things about the movie. All right. So, I have the sound on now. So well, I then you're gonna get discouraged and turn it down. You always do as if we'll get arrested. I'll no, no, I'm gonna keep it going. Fortunately, the sound sounds terrible, so I can keep it in the background. Uh, there's an What's audience it, da, 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 I'm talking about, Michael. Ba, 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 ba. Da, 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 da. Okay, she grabs the keys. Right. She runs for the elevator. The dog goes, sick him! She goes, sick him! So this is how the dog gets down into the morgue. He can't get through. That's okay. Phyllis Diller to the rescue. Sick him! Right. Okay, keep the sound up because here comes our big joke. She got away with it. Love it. Phyllis Diller, kick okay. the dog out. So there's a comedian in New Jersey and I really don't appreciate it because I think it's too mean spirited, but yes. that's his not tagline, uh, catchphrase. That's his catchphrase. He does a joke about his ex-girlfriend and uh -huh. then the audience screams out fat bitch. Yeah. I think it's I, mean spirited, but I mean, I've been around him. So how many, often. how many years has he been doing this act? Like more, I don't know the real answer, but it's over a year. It's pre-pandemic, you know. Don't you? He might want to move on with his life. Otherwise, uh, he'll be that ex ex-wife comic. My ex-wife, six years of my ex-wife. Yeah, you know what? Move on. 
write some new material maybe life after six years of being divorced maybe there's something else you know so when i was watching this movie and it came to that point i did a clip pretty much the clip i told you to put the audio on uh -huh. and i sent it to him oh all right <laughs> you're so funny he'll add that that's good the audience needs to hear the studio six this sound the sound on this movie is a little bit lower than i i'm used to Yes, that's really true. I had it at 100% and I could hardly hear. Yeah, I got neighbors. I live in a mortuary. I don't want to wake up the zombies and the <laughs> yeah. zombie poodles. That could be potentially dangerous. You know, maybe Phyllis was talking to her dog. That bitch. Fat, oh, that bitch? Oh, she said fat bitch. She, yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, yeah. this guy's catchphrase is fat bitch i thought you it was that like, bitch. you said like oh he should move on with this life but this guy he does his jokes aren't real he, he's like a pun guy he does like uh he's a misogynistic pun guy <laughs> divides like that fat bitch and jokes about that rhymes words that rhyme he studied massage yeah he's a misogynist now and um Anyway, anyway, I'm not a fan of that catchphrase. I think it's mean-spirited. But Yeah, I'm and you know what? You, you have an audience, and half the audience is, you know, I mean, half the audience is women. It's always a general rule. Uh-huh. But it's not true. It's usually the majority of women. And also, like, it's just, you can throw people out with that. It's not, it's not, I mean, whatever. Some some comedians, you know, they, they stick with what they, uh, they die on the hill, they climb up, whatever the phrase is. Yeah, yeah. I'm sorry, guy. There's a cannibal in the mortuary. So right. So he, she had the vision that there were cannibals down. They're not cannibals. They're like undead, and they're eating corpses. I don't know. So then she comes down to like warn the other people, Jersey and and, uh, but she couldn't find them. Okay, so here she is now witnessing, and they're going to go after her. Of course. Right. Of course. I mean, talk about fresh meat. <laughs> They're eating corpses. Ew, right. Babies? What? Oh, no, those are dolls. Still, this is pretty They're sick. kids. They're kids. Yeah, it's a doll. Uh, They're Asian kids. They're, it's just, uh, you know, it could be gross, but you don't have to have shit in the bed when you make a movie. <laughs> I don't know. There was always, like, John Carpenter assault on uh, Precinct 13 and yeah. uh, Halloween 3. He would kill kids, you know, and there was a huge impact when that kid gets shot uh, at the ice cream truck. Do you remember that movie in the 70s? No. No. So these criminals take an ice cream truck and, a, and uh, to take over a police district uh, precinct. And a kid goes up and he shoots the kid. Oh, my God. Why would they put that in a movie? I mean, even because though... they, they used to. And I guess they, you know, well, why would you have like out of all the corpses, you got to make kids? I mean, it's I guess it's creepier that way. I guess. Now, this is Deep Roy. No, really? No, it's not. <laughs> <laughs> From Going Bananas, he wore a monkey suit. <laughs> ah, Jersey to the rescue. It's always Look a good Oh, of course he's got a gun. He's Jersey. Yeah, Jersey kid. I'm the Jersey kid. Shit, bullets don't work. Run. <laughs> I had a nickel every time I heard that. Hi, live bodies. 
un undead, open the door. Ah, <laughs> uh, hot. Rat tail. Not Norman Fell. Look at that. That's not even a rat tail. That's like when your hair gets you know, kind of. There you know, he is. Washing. There he is, Mr. Roper. Do, 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 do. Oh, no, I'm not. I'm, I think I'm singing Soap, the theme song. But the oh, Ropers are similar. That? That's what it is. I thought right. you were too young for Soap because I was really little when Soap was out. Soap went in syndication, so they would have the episodes oh, every night. So you okay. would watch five five episodes in a row in a week. You didn't have to wait every day. We had no week. idea we were binge watching. We were streaming. Well, what would happen is that you would miss an episode, and then you would have to wait for the whole season to wrap. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah go around. <clears throat> As soaps available on streaming services, I see. I, I think I actually tried to watch one. But the introduction was like six minutes long. Okay, we missed it. I don't know how we missed it. We were probably talking. But one of the women that they brought in uh, who had killed herself, her name is Dana in the show, um, she wasn't dead. Like whatever pills she took, pills or whatever, it, it, they thought she was dead. And she woke up. They were like, oh, no, it's undead. And no, like, I saw that. But they, did they kill her? No, because she's like, hi, I'm not undead. How are you? Pleased <laughs> to meet you. How's your mom? What's your name? What do you mean, what's my name? Don't tell me to eat my brains. Oh, no, thank you. I just had a bad accident. I, I'm, I don't really have much of an appetite right now. What? Okay. Are you undead? Oh, yeah, well, I was dead a minute ago. You guys woke me up. I guess I'm undead. Monday now. <laughs> I don't know. So anyway, you see the the cop who's bandaging her up, right? They they shot a move. The the end of the movie was supposed to be these two get married, and it was the first shot they made on November thirteenth. For some reason, it didn't end up in the movie. They did a little wedding thing in which they were married. Oh, that's. Romantic, I guess. Yes. Who do you think the movie better's without uh, a wedding at the end? I, I would have to see it. Right. <laughs> As it is right now, it has a horrible ending. It's like, okay, thanks, thanks for coming. Okay, we're <laughs> out of the building now. <laughs> that was close. Oh yeah. We'll see you next movie. <laughs> it's really late. The, oh. uh, from from dusk to dawn, they make it out and they they leave. Phyllis oh. has her key. Oh, so she's going down to the morgue. Yep, she doesn't know what's going on down there. She doesn't see the monitor from her. Peyton Place guy goes, "It's no good. It's no good. The phones are dead." So Mister Roper goes, "Did did did you dial nine? <laughs> oh, he goes, "No." So he dials nine. He goes, "It's ringing." <laughs> <laughs> You should That's, have heard his voice when he said it, though. He's like, that, it, it, it's the central switchboard. You, you got to dial nine. <laughs> Man, Norman Fell is really stretching this one. He, he probably wanted to, to stray away from his iconic look. I guess, yes. He said, that is, will be fun. I'll do it. I mean, It so is an iconic look. I mean, he's been in movies in the 60s, of course, the Ocean's Eleven. 
Yeah. Uh, you know, uh, I think he was in Bullet, or but in movies yeah, like that. Yeah, he was in Bullet. Yeah, he was in Bullet. So he's like a, you know, admin kind of short cropped hair, tight suit. <laughs> he was Norman in Catch-22, It's a Mad, yeah. Mad World. Right. Mad, 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 Mad. Him and uh, Buddy Hackett. No, no, him and Andy Rooney. Mickey Rooney. <laughs> I have to I have to see that movie again. No, Norenfeld shows up later. Be indifferent. Now with a budget of eight hundred and fifty thousand, right? The only right. Two big there are three big ticket names. Peyton Place guy isn't really one, but you know he thinks he's one. And then you have Roper and Diller. So they got a I don't know how much of that money like did they get a hundred thousand each, you know? Like, why not? I'll do it. You're gonna give me a hundred grand. Well, that's a uh, good foul money. Yeah, like, you know, you get a pool, have the hot tub part, you know. 100 grand, yeah. 30 grand, and, you know, oh. look, let's run down to Cancun. Just, you know, two weeks, you and me, what do you say? $5,000, $8,000 gone. He so looks like Jeremy Piven, it's really hard. <laughs> yeah. The ghouls eating children is not the, the upsetting part for me. Yeah, it's it's a entourage dude not getting credited. Yeah, that's all right, dude. Piv, it's the Piv. Uh, looking for these? <laughs> well, not looking for, but surprise! I just stole these. <laughs> what? Now that door leads. I mean, they have another door. The zombies are out. Uh, the zombies could be behind that door. It's basically uh -huh. a records room of the morgue. Well, well, I should have I should have gone with curtain number two. <laughs> it's a collection of data, paper <laughs> forms. Show them what they won. So ghoulies are going to show up, right? Well, throughout this whole film, up oh, it hurts him. His leg hurts him. Oh no, did he get zombie? He's gonna turn into a zombie, right? He lays the heavy axe on his thigh. Maybe I'm wrong about that. Yeah, I'm wrong about that. Oh no, that's the proper way of putting down an axe. It's just you know, now this, a is, box. this is the room where people's possessions when they died are in bags, and she's finding like pipe bombs <laughs> to serve the script. Oh, you mean someone they found a dead body and they're like, uh Throw that in storage. Yeah, he's got his pipe bombs. Put it in the bag. Look. Uh, Did they ever figure out how he died? Jeremy Piven's got a semi-automatic weapon now. Oh, man, this is the best. I wish I had a record room like that. I would be the best law firm ever. There's, there you go, Phyllis. Phyllis, why aren't you wearing your wig? Oh, Phyllis, will you close the door? You're going to let the zombies in. Now they hear Phyllis. Oh, Miss Poppin Platts, Poopin right. Platts. Poop. Yeah, Poopin Platts. Oh, Poopin Pants. Poopin Platts. Is Platts pants in German? I don't think so. Platts oh. is like place or uh, plaza kind right. of thing. So it's poop place. Yeah. Pooping place. Yeah, poop in place. But I don't think they mean like as if you're standing in place. They mean a physical location like town time, town square. Right. Deutschen Germans Platz. Oh, you mean like an outhouse? 
No, I do not. Well, yeah, if it's a Poopenplatz. It's a Poopenplatz. Haben Sie ein Poopenplatz? Yeah, yeah. I forget how you say out back in German, but yeah. Come Dieses hier ist weg. I can't do German anymore. That was college. Okay, so she's hearing that crying girl with her doll, just like, yeah, uh, uh, just uh -oh. like Ashley did in the beginning. Is it is the demon gonna look in the camera? But look how human he is. Look how he's not undead. He's just covered with yuck. Is well, that I mean, interesting? You don't want to torment your child actor. Ah, wall monster, ceiling monster. They don't mind. Deeper. Oh, he's got a towel. She, the, the monster's not even going for Phyllis Diller. Wow. Right. He's interested and fascinated by the dog. Now, Phyllis Diller has loved that dog since the movie began. But now she's like, fuck that. He's my distraction. And she's backing away. Oh, you, I would hate it if she wanted to save the dog. I mean, maybe she should. <laughs> Look at Phyllis. Fuck this. I am so scared. Oh, now she's really scared. She's an actress. Whoa, no, now that's, that's a stunt clearly Right. And, okay, I didn't even need to tell you. Oh, I'm glad. I'm sort of relieved. <laughs> I want to see an obvious stunt that person. Phil, Phil Phil getting yeah, I would hate to see, like, actual. At 66. Yeah. Well, she she uh, lived longer than this movie's release, right? This ninety. Yeah, she did. Um, let's see. Do I have when she died? <clears throat> oh, by the way, she was in the Fat Spy, which we saw on our show. Yes, I know. Which she was great in. Well, because you know, it's funny. Fat Spy and then the Bob Hope. She has a very not like Mae West, but a very anti-comedian acting style. Uh huh. You know, which is like. The energy of the room kind of she doesn't suck it out but she, she's a her own force right she definitely was, she yeah and i love it i do love it you know I, but I if you great. if she's going to be on stage it's not as part of an ensemble she's yeah but you kind of see the comedic moment and then you just kind of undercut it or you just do your own thing you, you know it's not like she doesn't work with everyone everyone still talks mm -hmm. but here she's playing it straight as much as he can. Yeah. Okay, so... Uh, what's her name? Not Ashley. It's uh, Dana. Dana runs with the, with uh, Jeremy Piven because he's got a gun. But that will lead to their... It's a romance that never comes to fruition because we don't see it on screen. This Dana, she was in this film. She was also in... Slavery and the Making of America, a 2005 movie. I don't have much info on it. So that's pretty recent. Or er. 2000. Ew, gross. Now look, she gets slimed. He like yeah. feeds her part of his flesh. No, it's really gross. Yeah. Really rude. What a terrible demon. Yeah. Now, nobody likes Phyllis Diller, but nobody deserves a slimy face full of, <laughs> you know, she's a human. Let's get her out of here so she can yell another day. I mean, this is 
are she, she's being so silly right now she's acting and she's going wow he's really acting man i should have asked her to turn the sound on okay you see that yucky yucky thing on the ground uh yeah it is a dead demon and later the dog will come lick it up okay now they're learning he shot her in the shot him or her up in the chest and that kills the undead thing so they learn and our psychic thinks that makes sense because their life force comes from the heart Oh my God! Is that how is love going to save the day? Nope, <laughs> not at all. What about the psychic? What about her? Is she going to save the day? She, uh, she will not save the day. No, huh? She you know, will save. <laughs> I do like the idea of a psychic because if you start the movie off with a psychic, then you, as an audience, will accept you know demons and monsters. Yeah. Because the world already has, yeah. So now we have a scene that's like not funny. It's disgusting, but it's I think it's meant to be funny. She's just sort of puking out the goo. It looks like butterscotch. She's just trying to spit out the slime. Listen, according to this box, this video box, this is a comedy. Yeah. Oh no! What the box drop? It's a horror movie. Box drop. Wow, this is what the Nickelodeon studios must have looked like in the 90s. Yeah, with the slime. Yeah, everywhere. What a babe. Look at, she's got a gun. She's going to, a supersonic gun. No, but she won't use it. What we're having now is us learning that, like, he's a protector and she wants to be with him and she doesn't want to use the gun. She wants him to use the gun. Yeah. Lamer. Carl, let me close the studio window. It's freezing in here. All right. They hear each other through the uh, pipes, the air ducts, which kind of doesn't make sense because on an elevator, you don't have that. You have a shaft, and it is not part of the air duct system at all. You want it isolated. It's not clean. Um, the ducts are supposed to be about circulating uh hvac circulating uh, uh air conditioning heating so um so it doesn't make sense in the real world but zombies don't either so okay we'll forgive it so this director he had a heart attack in 2002 and it affected him and he made a uh he made an illustrated book it's for all ages, but it's it's got like a cartoon kid in it, and the 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 proceeds go straight to the American Heart Association. Um, it's called Good Things to Share, and um, it's a book he wrote. It, it's inspirational. It's a picture book. Uh, I don't know anything else about it, so I don't recommend it or not. But uh, what's it called? It's called Good Things to Share. Because he had a heart open heart surgery, um, huh. it like profoundly affected him, and he did this like charitable thing. He made the book. The money goes to the American. Well, actually, it says a portion 
Uh, uh-huh, a portion. You know, yeah, so I don't uh, know. But it feels like it's a nice thing. Oh, I'm sure it's it's for good reasons. Tax reasons. I, I just walked into your conversation and I was just freezing. And also, this movie is scary. I don't know how much I can watch. Yeah, I know. I think our safe word was up last time. Uh-huh. That's right. I think our safe word is uh, our Star Trek connection. Yeah. Yeah. Star Trek connection. He's our Dave, uh, Jeremy Piven is our Star Trek connection because he did some sculptures for Star Trek Four: The Voyage Home. The, the whales, the San Francisco one. Yeah, yeah, no, he uh, actually uh, built the invisible spaceship that landed, that stayed in, in Golden Gate. They spent six months on it. That was probably as easy as the, I want you to sculpt me every, except for the invisible one. I, did I stutter? I want you to sculpt me every, <laughs> everyone. Uh, yes, sir, coming right yes, up. Yes, sir. Yeah. How's it going? Uh, it's going great, sir. I finished the first project. And which project is that? Uh, the invisible starship? <laughs> Let me see your work. Uh, it's in the parking see, lot. It's it's it. They see the stand, like yeah. in the conference room for his presentation. They're all lined up on their stands, and there's one blank <laughs> empty stand. <laughs> well, you know the Zoom. He's like, okay, let me uh, get the PowerPoint going. <laughs> well, and that's been my uh, Eddie gun. Yeah, you just had like nothing for three panels. Now we have the long drawn out backstory about trying to kill herself and it seems to not be related to zombies. So why is it in this movie? And we don't see a romance start between them. We see Jeremy Piven begin to have empathy. Maybe that's all you need is a human moment. I guess, yes. I don't know why everything I say, you gotta defend this guy. Yeah. Carl, I don't give it a break. This is the classic Key Largo moment where all the survivors are trapped on location and they're uh-huh. different, different Sorry. people. This okay. is well done. Look, you I not mean, not it's been done before. This is well done. You didn't you watch the movie. I'm not gonna watch this movie. I'm not listening to this movie. I'm not gonna <laughs> sit down and watch this in earnest. I'm just gonna it's have creepy. my baby. And obviously it's I mean it's good. Okay. Turn it on, but no, turn it on. Listen, oh. see if you can stand it. Turn okay. it. It's on, Carl. Don't be okay. snippy. Okay. No one's talking right now. Hey, Joke's at you. Sucks no, for one's, me. no one's still joking. Okay, there you go. Okay. I guess it's over. The movie just made a jerk out of me. I, I honestly, like, uh, I've, I have seen better, I've heard better sound quality on or no cassettes. <laughs> cassettes, he says. Not files. Ew, stop it, Phyllis Diller. Ugh. Oh, Gerber baby. She looks like the Gerber baby. <laughs> when it's ralphing. Maybe that's why she didn't want to wear her wig. Not going to get fake vomit on it. <laughs> no, the director specifically requested no wig. Well, that's good. This has gone a long way since the Scooby-Doo mystery movies. Mike, you say it's good, okay? But imagine you're a director. You got an 850000 budget. It's uh, probably your first. Yeah, I think it's your first feature. Yeah, it's 91. This is your first, your big shot to make it's a great, movie. It's great trivia. It's great publicity. It's a great way to angle this movie. This is the movie where Phyllis, Willard, Willard, uh, Phyllis Diller did yeah. her wig. 
I don't know who Phyllis Willer is, but Diller. Diller. But the thing I, is, is this movie on America's radar? Did it work? That talking point. You see, this is. I mean, this is a cult film. I mean, I'm sure there's lovers of it. I mean, this is this did reach the B movie art. Uh, archive too <laughs> okay this guy it's a good movie this is a good film no i can't i can't say that or i haven't sat through this movie obviously i don't think it's good follow my voice follow my voice you see the they're um they're, they're to... getting to know each other got interrupted by undead they're 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 asking the undead to come follow their voice no, they're asking Jeremy Piven and oh. uh, and uh, Dana. Don't give up. Follow my voice. Come what and get us. Crazy. Fuck that. I'm not going in there. Look at hey. how they shot this. Oh, it's great. No, it's terrible, Carl. You're it's absolutely right. Michael! <laughs> okay, we got hit. Uh, there's the Piv. There's the Piv and his submachine gun. Oh, oh no! Ooh, what let the puppeteer great job by the director to surprise us with a freaking puppet. Frank Oz is in the chat. Now look, the director in his wisdom knows that the undead will totally run away from when you spray a, a fire, fire extinguisher. Yeah. Well, it was just to push back the the. the worked. See how good it was. The director needed a pushback, and he got it. It must stink in that room when you shoot off a fire extinguisher. Yeah. These actors. <laughs> is this one of those movies where, like, halfway through, you're like, "Why is Norman Fell still alive?" Yeah. Well, no, he will check out very early. So will Phyllis Diller. Why are they in the film? How does it lend to? Wouldn't you make Mister Roper the cop? No, I think what he's doing is great. I would again, like, I would pay money, and this is good publicity. It's where Norman Fell. I don't know what he's doing, but, you know, let him cut loose. <laughs> let him cut loose. <laughs> he's playing a mortician. That, uh, Mr. Okay. The producers of the film first sought rocker Alice Cooper as an actor for key roles. That would have been cool. Yeah, I guess so. I guess, yeah, that would be cool. Eh, maybe a little too on the nose. They couldn't get up, so they got on the nose. But consider the, what we're watching. It would have, yeah, it would have been at least a but, nice, nice relief to see him. Yeah. What did we see him in? We saw him in. Uh, we're not worthy. Wayne's World, maybe right. two. Yeah, you know it's interesting. He had a famous uh, manager. This guy, Chef, uh, I think his name is. So. Uh -huh. uh, Mike Myers got introduced to him, I guess, through through Wayne's World. And one of the things this producer does is that he, you know, he'll let his friends sleep in his place in Hawaii, his house. And uh, so Mike Myers stayed there, and he made a documentary about him. Oh, interesting. I guess. <laughs> it's weird, you know. Okay, now this actor, his name is uh, Willie Stratford. And I don't know, he was known for Black Rainbow 89, The Runaway 2000, and The White Girl 1990. I don't know. Yeah, I don't remember the films. So he he did a, like, boo! He doesn't know what's going on. There's the mortician who killed himself. He just now killed himself. 
Why is he gross? The internet says he opened his eyes when the bag unzipped, but I have seen this movie like four or five times. That's how we know it sucks, Mike. And um, I did not see that happen. Here's Phyllis Diller. No, wait a minute. She had the slime in her mouth. It got in her stomach, and now she is undeadified. She's a puppet? Yeah. Ow! Oh. What an effective ketchup stain. Was he the first guy to die in this movie? Uh, yeah. She's growing bigger now. I think yes. All right. Black guy dies first in this movie. All right. You, you got me. That is a trope. She's growing bigger. Yeah. Wait till you it's see. her ego. It's her ego. <laughs> Unmanageable. This is the worst Scooby-Doo mystery. She was, remember Scooby-Doo had these movie mysteries where they would get uh, contemporary celebrities like Don Knox to to play themselves. I don't remember. Yeah, in the it, wait, was it still a cartoon? Yeah, it was still a cartoon. Yeah, it was like I remember that. It was a different series, so they would have Phyllis Stiller, and I actually think that was good because it was a way for me to kind of see Phyllis Stiller and learn about who she was at least. Right. You know? Like when they the, had uh, Smokey and the Bandit guy, the not cool one, the truck truck driver, Jerry Reed. Yeah. No. Yeah. yeah, he does Jerry a Reed. song. He's a country singer, right? Right, eastbound and down. Yeah, well, that's what they said. They were like, country singer and movie star Jerry Reed. How y'all been? I remember. That. <laughs> yeah. Oh no, she got zapped and in the chest too. That's where. That's gonna help. N- well, that's where the puppeteer is. That's where the heart is, I guess. And so they, and so Dana zapped her. And Phyllis Miller wow. is dead and out of our movie for the rest of it. Ladies and gentlemen, Phyllis Diller. I wouldn't have done that, man. I would have had her all the way to the end. And that's our headline. If you'd like to see more of Phyllis Diller, she'll be uh, at the merch table over by the uh, <laughs> coat room. Doing selfies and selling a T-shirt. $30. Quite a bargain. Quite a bargain. Available for cameos. Hello. Sophie Phyllis Diller here. Uh, 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 uh. Fang t-shirts. Fang t-shirts. Aha. Uh-huh. Is Fang here? Uh-uh, honey. Uh-huh. Now the disgusting uh-huh. dog licks up his disgusting, like, undead goo. Uh-huh. So they've been zombie poodles before. I mean, there was that Incredible Hulk movie. Yeah. It was like... Okay, mutant. good. Okay, you, Michael, who think this movie's so great, you got to hear the dialogue in the script. <laughs> I wish I could hear the dialogue. If I could hear the dialogue, that means my hearing is back. Now, she's going to reveal why she didn't want to come forward and help. She's very apologetic. Let's listen. I'm trying. No, I'm the one who should apologize. There you go. I should be one apologist. Good. So let me hear what they're saying, Mike. I have it at maximum volume. Okay, you just relay it to the audience then. People have I turned away? Yeah. Pause. Dramatic pause. No audio. <laughs> it's not it making any sense, sense anymore. Just nothing makes sense. It's either one something for me. It's either one something for me. 
from people want something from her but if someone wanted to burn something something no or people wanted to burn me at the nearest stake like you, you can't be by this dialogue if you're carl listen i'm transcribing <laughs> sigh dramatic sigh Sega. Sega. all right Sega. 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 <laughs> I have once something in my own film. No, wrong again. Oh my God, Jeremy. Correct. Not, wait, wrong. Jersey. It's Jersey. Oh, Jersey, right. Oh my God, he, he can't take his seven up, no, his V8. But then all of a sudden, Jersey will be fine, inexplicably. Yeah, no, I think fucking bleeding out your mouth means you're, you're in bad shape. Well, tell that to this director because he changed his mind. Forklift. Forklift. And it's like that, that is not a compelling speech, right? Right. We weren't connected no. with it. No, this forklift is more compelling. Right. That's what we should be focusing on. And if it was my movie, Phyllis Dillard would be riding the forklift. Woohoo! Come on! You know, you made an excellent point, Carl. If this was my movie, I think Phyllis Diller would survive the night. Oh, absolutely. And Norman uh, Fell would be like the detective who gets all the cool lines, you know, and you runs hate... around with his gun. Why do you hate Jersey so much? Uh, it's just he's a dud. Okay, you were on Peyton Place and you, when you were young and handsome with black hair. Okay, what else did you do? You were Roger Corman's boy. You were in Police Academy Airport and for the love of Benji. So right? You're saying that the problem with Jersey is there's nothing to do. It's nothing to do in Jersey. You look, yes, there's nothing to do in Jersey. You look at his face and you don't say, hey, that guy, I know that guy. They forklifted his face. Ugh. They're not going to kill this guy. Yeah, they're going to kill him because they got his chest. Lift oh, also him. Lift him. When I called a lift, I didn't mean... Yeah. Are you my Uber? Because I called the lift. <laughs> that wasn't a funny pun. That fat bitch. And that's been my pun. Fat bitch. Good night. Whatever. He's he shouldn't like Oh, you're back on posting with his his uh Whatever the guy's name. Do, do you want to plug him? I haven't seen him. You're just shit talking. His name is Steve Poston. He was on our Celebrity Comedian Countdown. He's uh, he's a very funny person. I am not a fan of his catchphrase. Right. All right, Steve, take it from take it when you're a friend of the pod. Take it from us. Drop that. You're better than that. The audience is better than that. I tell you, Mike, he won't do it. Because every time he says that, he does get a big laugh. Now, he's making a mistake. He doesn't understand. People are being polite. He just doesn't get it, and I'm not telling him. Okay, this is the poodle. The poodle has grown. I know. It's like on two legs. Right, and it's not in the same room as the guys. You know what I mean? Like, I don't believe that they were really looking at that uh, that poodle. <clears throat> they said, roll them. Now, where are we? Well, staircase. <laughs> staircase. You want to reprocess that thought, Mike? Uh, oh, a ladder. <laughs> <laughs>
you go first. Why? Because you're a woman and, you know, you're not going to want to look at my butt. Yeah, okay. right. I'm okay. not wearing a dress. Now is not the time. Oh, no, your stupid rabbit's foot. Right. The guy who doesn't believe in zombies believes in his luck of his rabbit's foot. He, does he believe in psychics? Did he tell her before he met? I think at this point he can't not believe. Oh, well, what? The, oh, I thought it was an eclipse. Now, look, she can't get up right. because of her weight. So that's the first time that plays into this movie, except for two insults that Phyllis Diller does. Right. The, the fact. But well, this is also like a Poseidon adventure, right? Didn't Phil, uh, Shelley Winters get... Shelley Winters had to swim. Yeah, she gained weight for the film.